It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. All right. Good evening, everybody. I hope everybody had a good uh, good week. hope everybody enjoyed the races out in Las Vegas real quick, coming down up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Frank Twing is going to. I hope I said that right. Taz, how are you, buddy? Got me loud and clear there, Craig? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Awesome. So uh, I hope I said Frank's last name correctly. Yeah. All right. Who's going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour? He's going to talk about what he's got planned for the 2021 race season. Chris is getting on board. He's going to be jumping on here in a minute. Uh, Chaz, before I forget, I want to tell you, man, I'm awake this week. Hey, it's about but, time. <laughs> you know, hey, it happens when you're – you'll see when you hit my age. Hey, I, actually I was kind of get in the early stages of it at times. Yeah, well, that was last week. I just was in a food coma. I ate way too much. So, uh, congratulations. They're in order for you, you lucky son of a gun. <laughs> two of us Not one, one, but of two people. Yeah, listen, don't brag too much, boy. I know you live in, I know you live in the wonderful the outskirts of Gloversville with a, a Mayfield address and a Perth Fire District code or whatever it is so I can find you. But, um, <laughs> hey, you know, we're going to talk, we're going to talk Vegas. We're going to talk about, we got four different winners already this season. I don't know if you've seen this, Chris. I don't know. Uh, I know you're here somewhere. I'm here. But, all right. But there was an article, there's an article going around that uh, SHR should be panicking, or are they going to start panicking, or Fords in general? Are they going to start panicking uh, this early in the season? I kind of liken it to being a New York Yankees fan, and I'm not picking on the Yankees. I'm not even a big baseball fan, but I worked with a guy one time, and Taz, I don't know if you bowl. You might know the guy. John, uh, oh, I can't, never mind, because I can't think of his name. Lansing, John Lansing. Um, he was, the Yankees would lose, like, the first three or four games of the season, and he'd panic and say it's all over. And then when they won three or four games in a row, he'd be like, they're back, baby, they're back. So, I mean, I don't know if I would start panicking yet if I was a Ford owner. Um but I can guarantee you that they're going to start calling for changes to the car. Uh, like teams do every year when, they, when they're behind. Next, next year it'll be nice because none of those teams will be able to do that. They can call for them, but they're going to have all the same, they're going to have all the same stuff. So they are mostly all the same stuff. So they won't be able to call for uh, drastic changes from the manufacturers. But since you're a Ford fanatic, Chris, I want to get uh, I want to get your take on that. Yeah, I, I'm not panicking. Uh, we've got Penske on board, Stuart Haas. There's smart people between those two organizations. I don't see where the lack of boards. I, I don't see where there's you know uh, Eric Amarola's not really um, you know he's what a top eighteen driver. Um, you know I, I think just the powerhouse 
that was Stuart Haas doesn't really is not really a powerhouse right now. They have two young drivers, Chase Briscoe and Cole Custer. You you can only expect so much, you know, they're not gonna blossom the first two or three years, right? It's gonna take, you know, four years. Even Jimmy Johnson didn't win a championship his first two seasons. Uh he waited till his third season, so uh, you know, these guys are not behind schedule by no means, but uh, Stuart Haas is behind the ball because they've lost a lot of experienced drivers. Um, you know, Harvick and Amarola are the uh, the two veteran drivers in the organization, and I think that those two drivers in itself are miles apart from each other. Uh, Eric Amarola has had nowhere near the career uh, that Kevin Harvick has had, so uh, it's kind of night and day there. Of course, Harvick is running well. You know, he had some mishaps uh, in his past race. Not sure where they missed it there. Um, but, uh, no, I, I'm not worried. And, of course, the Penske Fords, they've been strong. Ryan Brainy, Brainy, Ryan Blaney had gotten kind of caught back in the back uh, a couple of times this season already. But he had a good, consistent run going uh, at Las Vegas. Uh, I just uh, Ford won the Daytona 500. I, I'm not concerned. Um, I feel like Stuart Haas Racing understood that there was going to be a hiccup somewhere. And the biggest thing is getting Eric Amarola out of that 10 car and uh, and, and finding somebody, maybe a Brad Keselowski or a, a, you know more dominant powerhouse, a, a guy who can bridge the gap between Harvick and the youngins. Um, so I think that's going to be a big uh, a big push by the end of the season to make sure that the ten car is filled uh, with a veteran driver who, who could you know start the season winning races and so that, that's going to be very few that you can actually depend on. Uh, Matt Diamadetto, there's a big question mark with him, um, but he may be a good fit there. I'm not sure if if I can categorize Matt Diamadetto as somebody who's you know, uh, that can rival uh, what Harvick's accomplished because uh, Diamondetto hasn't had that uh, opportunity yet. Right. Um, I mean, but they, definitely, you know, yeah. That's kind of like you're saying about Almarola, and now you're putting Matty B in there. I think that's kind of the same level driver, if you will. You're not. Yeah, you're, you're but getting... I think Matt's more ready to. He's ready to come out. Like you know, what we've seen of Eric Amarola is what we've got. Eric's not going to come out in the next couple of years and start winning six races a season. He's already had the opportunity to do that, and you know now he's getting probably the third, fourth best equipment in the organization because he's a veteran driver and still can't put out decent numbers. That number ten car is right back to where it was with Danica Patrick. Like I said, you get somebody like Brad Keselowski, you put him in that seat, because I'm not sure, especially the way Brad's <laughs> been acting this year racing his teammates, I'm just not very sure that he's going to be in Penske, in the Penske organization next year. Um, and it's way too early to start this carousel seat, but you know me, guys, uh, when, I, when I get a hunch or something. I'm just saying that that 10 card needs a driver in it. If, if if Stuart Haas is worried about production this year, then they need to worry about that 10 card because obviously the four cars producing, obviously you have a rookie in the 14 car and that 14 car didn't really, you know, uh, turn heads with Clint Boyer in it. So, 
Um, the only two cars within that uh, organization that have ever had any moments of brilliance was the 41 car and the 4 car. Uh, so, uh, you know, since Tony Stewart's retired, of course. Yeah, because looking at – if you look at points, I wouldn't be um, – I, if I were Ford, I would not at all be hitting the panic button yet. Um, the reason why I say Ford in general is because um, Stuart Harvick, um, I think right now they have Harvick who – I mean, we've seen Harvick in the Stuart Haas campaign since he joined the organization – we all know how he's going to be um, always a front runner. So Harvick's no surprise. Custer, he's now got a year under his belt. Um, it seems like certain tracks he hits this—he hits that spotlight. So I feel like um, as the season progresses, maybe we'll see more out of Custer. Almarola, on the other hand, like you said, Chris, we what we have seen is what we're going to keep on getting and. Unfortunately, it's just going to go downhill. Um, Briscoe, I just think it's just a matter of trying to get used to the cup level. I mean, you're four races in, and unfortunately, um, I think he's I think he's got talent and put that 14 car back up. But I just don't see um, I don't see him be much of a threat right now until he performs more than he can prove me wrong and change my mind on that one. But, I mean, you have McDowell, who has literally um, finished top ten three of the first four races, has a win under his belt in Daytona 500. Um, then the three Penske's, they showed up yesterday. Um, Keselowski's since second in points um, right now. Uh, Logano sixth and Blaney right now he's just inside the playoff bubble in 15th but I mean like I said I wouldn't if I were Ford I wouldn't be hitting the panic button just yet I mean you have you have four Fords in the top 10 of points one of them has a win um and you're only four and you're only four races in right now um if it was like 10 races in and they haven't made much noise. That's when I would start hitting the panic button because now you're about halfway into the regular season, and you got to figure out how you're going to get your Fords into the playoffs now. Good point. Good point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, Chris, to hit yet, but go ahead, Chris. No, I mean uh, that's. Uh, uh, I want. I want to know your take on it uh, because uh, you know obviously. The article is kind of misleading, and and it's perpetuating that there's something wrong. And you know, you take Taz and what I've, I've said, and I, you know, it's hard to claim there's something wrong within an organization that has decided in the last couple of years to go younger, right? I mean, it's like you know, they there's always growing pain. I think I think Stuart Haas right now. I think Stuart Haas right now. I'm going to have to send before Craig puts his input. I think Stuart Haas right now this year is going through what HMS has gone through the last few years. They're slowly transitioning into a younger talent, but right now they, with Harvick being how he is, you can't let him go until Harvick says he, he calls it. 
Almarola, he's got veteran experience, but how much longer are you going to put up with him, you know, putting subpar Custer and Briscoe who are trying to develop themselves as drivers and get used to the competition level. So, I mean, I feel like right now Stuart Haas is kind of in that transition period that HMS has been in for the last number of years. Craig? Yeah. And I agree. I think that you know, the numbers speak for themselves. But that article did exactly what it was designed to do. It was designed to get people talking. And it worked because not only were we talking about it, but I heard it being spoke about today uh, with John Roberts and Jocko Myers and, and – uh, this morning on uh, the morning drive, I believe that uh, they talked about it as well. So it's it's designed to get people talking, and it worked. I think that getting back to your point with Brad Kozlowski, Chris. Yeah, I don't think the captain's going to put up with that crap much longer. Um, and that might be Brad's way of, you know. Angering Mr. Penske and making Mr. Penske make a move so he doesn't necessarily have to make it. Because I'm sorry, Kislowski brings a lot to the table. And where he goes, sponsorship dollars will follow. I have, I have no, no reserve about that. Of course, I, I shouldn't say that because I thought that with Kyle Larson, too. And this week he was sponsored by Rick Hendricks dealerships pretty much. Right. So HendrickCars.com, which, you know, again, congratulations. And this is the last time I'm going to do it. Congratulations to Taz. You finally picked a winner. And I want to say, and I don't want to get off on a political tangent here because that's not what this show is, but um, racingnews.co made a big deal out of the fact that Bubba Wallace went to the to victory lane to congratulate Kyle Larson. Um, a bunch mm-hmm. of drivers did. But they made it a point to say that Bubba Wallace uh, went to victory lane and convac- congratulated Kyle Larson. If that wasn't a PR stunt, I don't know what was. I mean, we all knew Larson was due for a win at any time. We've seen how he... Um, how he progressed not only off the track, but also on the track when he was not in NASCAR, but doing sprint car races, and the guy was just dominant no matter where you went. So, I mean, when you line your pieces up of the talent of Larson and the fast equipment of Chevy with Hendrick, it was only a matter, we all knew it was a matter of time before Kyle Larson would get a win, and did we think it would probably be this early in the season? Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have Homestead, but outside of that, did you really think um, yep. this early? Probably not. Yep. But yep. <laughs> I don't care what y'all say. But hey, I've been predicting. I've been predicting this for like four years. I mean, I, I'm not even trying to sit here and tell you. You, you know, I can't sit here and point my finger at you and say I told you so because you hadn't been here, but. But Craig's been here for the rant, and of course our producer, Mr. CJ Sports, he's been here for the rant. I knew this would happen with Kyle Larson. This is where he was destined to be in the first place, and and 
And I said many, what, two years ago, that Hendricks' reason for getting luring Larson would be, hey, if you want to win championships, come to daddy. And guess what? Well, Chase Elliott's over there sucking his thumb, and I'm laughing. <laughs> like a schoolgirl. <laughs> you do that way too well, my friend. Way too well. But, but you in are, terms of Larson, you are correct. But in terms of Larson, with Larson, though, it was we know once he lines up with Hendrick, it's a dangerous force because we've seen how he is in Ganassi equipment. Ganassi equipment ain't the greatest there. Let's be real. Um, I do believe that Larson is now making statements. I mean, he's he was only trying to put his name on there and make get his way back to getting sponsorships without issue and this, that. And with him aligning with Hendrick was great enough as it is, but I think this win kind of puts him in that spot where I think sponsors are now going to turn their head to be like, I think this guy's a real deal, but we want to see more before we sign with him and Hendrick. Mm. So I think, I think Kyle Larson made a statement. Now it's just back it up. You know, you know what I think? I think uh, allies sitting there kicking themselves in the ass because they could have had this guy. They could have put their arms around. They could have changed the way that people perceive Kyle Larson. He's a minority his own self, so I don't even know if if, if the punishment fits the crime. Uh, I'm white, so I'm not really allowed to judge these types of things because if I do, I'd probably be called a racist. So I really uh, – I sit here and scratch my head because I wonder, you know um, – <clears throat> If the sponsors that Pepsi and 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 Ally and all these companies that had a chance to to be on board with Kyle Larson McDonald's, if they're not saying, "Wow, man, uh, the kids had seven wins in a five-year career," then all of a sudden four races into the season, he's already winning at the most prestigious, you know, uh, race shop and, and and cup outside of the three car. You know, this is a five car, guys. This is this is you know, this is the original race car number for Mr. Rick Hendrick. And uh this is a very prestigious number that Kyle Larson is racing and uh you know, we we've, we've uh, since the days of Jeff Bodine we've seen this car fully sponsored. So, you know, it's uh it's a scratch on your head of, hey, you know, I think uh when the opportunity arose for Kyle Larson to be at Hendrick Motorsports, sponsors should have jumped on because now they're missing their bang for their buck. And obviously with Kyle Larson back in racing, nobody's worried about what happened last year. I mean, he's forgiven. It's time to move on. We've seen that with Bubba Wallace, right? No grudges there, so we can move on. As I said, he's a minority his own self. All's forgiven. That's kind of what I was getting I wonder if uh, MJ is kind of showing himself in the foot yet. If yeah, who? he could have had this guy, right? <laughs> he could have had this guy, right? I mean, seriously, right? They would have to bubble Wallace. They could have had Kyle freaking Larson, baby. Huh? How does, 20th play, how does 28th feel, Michael? <laughs> I mean, the, I think the – Aside from maybe Daytona, I think 
Bubba's really best shot of being somewhat competitive was Homestead when he was running 20th, but I'm sorry. If Daniel Suarez is out running you and you have all the money in the world and equipment in that 23 car, what's wrong with you? I like what, well, what Miss Lee said. She said this win was his first step towards redemption. The next one will clinch it. And we know that there's a next one coming. Like I said, oh, Chase Elliott sitting over there. He's, he's plotting his next move, man. You talking about he's gonna be? He was in the shop first thing this morning inspecting motors. What are y'all talking about? He want to know. He want to know Larson. He wants the dyno sheet. Chase <laughs> Elliott was King Kong of the of the of the jungle since the Johnsons left. And uh, guess what? There's a new man. There's a new man swinging from the vines. It's Kyle Larson. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold prediction. I love it. I'm looking at the next three races. I can see Kyle Larson winning all at, three of them. Uh, obviously, <laughs> winning at least one, but I could see two of them he could get at. I can see all well, three. Well, definitely the Phoenix. big race. Well, what is it? Phoenix and uh, Phoenix, Atlanta. Three. Phoenix, Atlanta, yeah. and Bristol Dirt. Bristol Dirt Atlanta's a hot side Atlanta, track. I, I feel like Atlanta suits his driving style. Yeah, and I think that you know uh, he, he doesn't, doesn't suit. Y'all know who's y'all know who's driving style style doesn't suit. Bubba Daryl Wallace, Wallace Jr. Daryl Wallace Jr. Daryl Wallace Jr. Daryl Wallace Jr. I'm Bubba. Well, I think that I think that if Got nobody if, if we all Missed the boat picking. I think we're all going to pick uh, Kyle Larson to win the uh, the dirt race. No, I'll definitely nah. make sure I'm going to put out. But, you know. I'm going with Ty Dillon. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with no, Bubba Wallace. One thing, one thing I kind of want to quickly point out. He's won a dirt race before. That's a one sleeper pick. Um. One thing to point out with Hendrick, though, and I think people are missing this, and I believe they have mentioned this once or twice, um, whether if it was this week or last week on the broadcast, this five team was is Johnson's crew. Bowman yeah. did not get the 48 team. Bowman kept his current team in that 88 career. All they did was change the number from an 88 to a 48. Kyle Larson's in Jimmy Johnson's ride, and he has Jimmy Johnson's team. Guys, mm-hmm. like Johnson and um and that team were actually competitive. It was just a matter. I think Johnson just had his time, unfortunately. And Kyle, you put the right driver in that team, and look at what's going on. Cliff Daniels and and the right driver. Bam! Look what they've done. What they've done in four races. You know what Kyle Larson does for this sport? He sets it on fire. I have not seen a driver since Davey Allison set this stage on fire just by talking about it. I know, and Kyle Busch has always been the villain, right? They tried to make Kyle Larson the But this is, this is what I mean, though. Like, this is, we knew Did Jimmy Johnson was passing that 48 team. Did y'all hear that? No, I don't hear nothing. I hear nothing. Did I get my rant out? 
did my what, did y'all hear my rant or was I muted? You no, were I heard it. and then it cut off. Oh, interesting. All right, but but I digress. It just, it just blows my mind. It's going like social media and people say, "Oh, Kyle Larson, uh, he's making some noise on this team." Or whenever Bowman makes is running up to the front, people are like, "Oh, guys, look, the forty eight back up front." This team has been up front where it has, but, like, guys, no. Bowman's still with that same crew and same team. It's just they changed the 88 to a 48. And Larson's in Johnson's ride, and he's with Johnson's team. It was just a matter of Johnson was just losing his touch, and they had – Hendrick had the right crew and the right crew chief. It was just a matter of putting the driver with the crew and the entire – 48, now 5 team to where we all knew it it should be and Kyle Larson's that guy and I don't understand why people think oh because Bowman's got the 48 oh the 48's back up front guys Let's, his, Johnson's team is right back where, no guys the 5 team the 5 took over the 48 and then the 88 became the 48 that's all it is Kyle Larson is in Jimmy Johnson's ride. Bowman stayed where he is. Let's stop that nonsense now. All right, coming up in a couple of minutes, we're waiting for Mr. Frank Twing to call in. He's going to call in and join us and uh, talk about his his 2020 and coming up on 2021 season. And... uh, and later in the show, we're going to talk. We're going to talk I'm, local. I'm looking forward to the local segment. Taz, you're going to handle. You're going to handle that for us up here, and then uh, Chris, you're going to talk to us about why not, and all the fun stuff going on down there at yeah, uh, your local. Yeah, right. Right. That doesn't sound promising. Oh no! I mean, I just uh, we've got several other topics that we hadn't talked about on the uh, on the other side as well. Yeah, I, I we got, got the whole of, second hour. Yeah, AJ Almondinger. Yeah, and uh, 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 uh Toyota. Uh, to, 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 Toyota should be panicking. <laughs> Did Toyota be panicking? Yeah, I'm oh, interested to, to hear that. The the Taz cuss? No. No. He said, why should you be panicking? <laughs> I said, we had the whole effing hour. <laughs> no. No. Taz don't turn. <laughs> he said, he has a whole turn, next I, I probably won't stop. Oh goodness, yeah, we still got a few other topics to talk about on the other side, but yeah, uh, coming up, we can talk about that right while we're still waiting on our guest, uh, AJ Almendinger. Uh, he's a real threat for the championship this season in the Xfinity Series. It's good to see, and 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 if you watched him in Victory Lane. Uh, you, uh, it was hard not to get emotional because he talked about how Matt Kellogg has, uh, has, has believed in him and he wants to make Matt proud. And it reminded him 
of how he felt when he, you know, when his ship come in and he was able, he was signed from Petty Motorsports to Penske. Um, you know, AJ's ship finally come in. He was with a dominant organization, and unfortunately, you know, he uh, he failed a drug test and, and got fired. So, if you didn't hear the post race interview and the in the emotion in his voice, I tell you what, it's something to go back and listen to because uh, you you talk about somebody who's who lived every day of his life to redeem himself from something. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of meaning in that. A lot of, uh, a lot of emotion, a lot of raw emotion out of AJ Allmendinger. I've always been an AJ Allmendinger fan uh, since the days of Red Bull. I remember when he got pulled out of the car. Mike Skinner got put in the uh, eighty, I think it was eighty-four uh, Red Bull car. And Mike Skinner finally got the car qualified. It wasn't AJ's fault. AJ was an F1 driver, very minimum uh, Xfinity experience. With a brand new team, brand new manufacturer, and uh, I seen something in then that the kid just, you know, he was going to persevere, and and uh, he's had quite a story uh, throughout his NASCAR career, and to see him go to the booth, uh, and uh, have success there, and now back into a race car, it's, um, you know, to, as I say, it was an emotional win, well deserved for a good driver, and maybe, maybe. Who knows? Maybe we could see a return to Cup racing uh, by AJ Allmendinger. I think that would be pretty cool to hear his name uh, on some of the rumor mill list for uh, for the 2021 silly season. <laughs> I, I think I think, uh, I think Allmendinger, if he can do what he can do in Xfinity, I think Colleague will go full time in Cup and. Uh, Put Dinger in that ride. So yeah, is, uh, I don't, don't want to put my predictions too far out just yet. You know, that was a hell of a spin by Chase Elliott. Yeah, I wonder what that was that come out of the top of his car there, too, when he spun. There was a, a piece of black material that mysteriously popped up from kind of like the sea post or something. I'm not really sure. Uh, if you could go back and look at the actual spin when he comes back around, there's a there's a piece of black that's hanging right above his door frame. Um, of course, they don't have doors on them, so I don't know where that, maybe that was fill-in for the to keep air from getting into somewhere or something. I'm not really sure, but uh, I, I, I'd never seen it before. It was something that caught my eye. But uh, Daniel Hamrick finished second in the Xfinity race. How about Daniel Hamrick? We'll see him in victory lane before too long. Um, another guy who's trying to redeem himself. It seems to be this year the story for uh, Xfinity Series is redemption, right? Is that the is that the the, the story log that we've got going on now with uh, with with the success of Jeb Burton and. Uh, AJ Allmendinger and uh, um, uh, of course Daniel Hammer his return. I think I think Xfinity Series it's not so much of redemption. It's just more some of these guys are trying to make some points proven. Um, like Hemrick, I think had talent. I think he just aligned himself in the wrong path. Um, Almondinger, 
same, probably the same difference, but I feel like his could be a little bit more of a redemption in that factor. Um, Cindric, well, Cindric's just going to be the Chase Briscoe of 2020 this year. Um, I think Jeb Burton, eh, I don't know if you want to say redemption in that factor. Um, but I do believe Hemrick is trying to put himself on the right path that he messed up on the first time around. All right. Well, our guest has finally made it. Uh, he was having a hard time getting in, and I had to tell him to push one. So uh, I want to introduce Frank. He is. Uh, Hello there. How's it going? For our, from our neck of the woods here in the Northeast. So, Chris, you are definitely outnumbered, my friend. Frank, how are you, my friend? Pretty good. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your uh, busy night getting ready for 2021 and, and joining us here on Race Chat Live. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your racing uh, career. Oh, well... Boy, there's an awful lot to tell. <laughs> um, I started back in 86. Um, my uncle let me take his car out one night at the Valley and um, started 11th out of 22 cars, finished 11th, managed to do a 360 down the back stretch in the process, and at that point, I was hooked. Um, got racing the next year. I started in the middle of 86 with my own car, and then... Uh, 87 started getting pretty good. I ended up with seven wins in the rookie division. Then moved up to uh, medium block after that, which at Lebanon Valley, they had the small block, medium block, and big block. And uh, just started getting a little bit better, learning a little more, and won a championship in 91 and 92. Um, Money kind of got tight for a while, and things slowed down a little bit. I kept racing, but I was more of a third of the way back in the pack car. Um, and then along the ways, uh, I managed to hook up with a couple of guys here and there that helped me out, put me in, not going to say up to par equipment, but close and was able to get me in a winter circle a few times and have some pretty successful runs. Managed to uh, pull off a win, super dirt week in 99 at Syracuse. And uh, just kind of been doing it ever since. Things have slowed down here in the past couple of years. The rules have pretty much pushed me out, you might say. Um, one problem that is in racing is sanctions and promoters kind of like to let teams with more money dictate rules because they're more uh, guaranteed existence, I guess. So, unfortunately for some of us, that means <laughs> we do a lot of sitting. So, you have um, so now you're helping uh, your grandson Frank Twing Jr. right now. Um, how's how's everything been between helping up your your son Frank and then, of course. Uh, getting uh, junior into racing and 
how does that progress uh, going with staying within the family? That's gone real well. Um, my my son does pretty much everything with the cars and, and the carts when he ran carts and then he went to slingshots this past year. Um, and I've got a lot of the driving experience, so that's kind of where I chime in. And uh, between the amazing amount of effort that my son puts in preparing everything all the time and what I can teach him in the driving aspect, he's been phenomenal. Um, I, I couldn't be any happier with the way he responds to what he's told and, and to what he learns and the way he applies it on the track. So, um, how, what's the, what's the, uh, you, you've gone from big car stuff, then you worked with your son who did more go-karts and now you're kind of working into, um, slingshots and slowly progressing into the sportsman. What's the progression level been like, or what kind of different things have you learned? of racing not only from um driver's perspective and knowledge to i guess you could say like a pit crew um kind of outside looking in kind of help um it's quite a bit different um you know as being a driver you you kind of have a a mindset and, and a way of doing things and then you know, helping out and being on a crew and, and help teaching is, is, um, it's a lot different. Um, especially when you're working with a kid because you kind of got to slow yourself down sometimes and, and remember things are going to take a little bit longer to absorb. Um, you know, after doing it for so long, it's kind of, you know, you get in your head, you just make quick decisions and, and that's what you go with and that's what you know. And, um, you kind of got to remember when you're teaching somebody, that's just what you're doing. You're teaching and you got to let them learn, you know, and uh, some things come easy. Some things take a while and it takes some patience, uh, you know, a lot of patience. So do you, uh, I know you've ran some throw stock stuff, or at least I think you used to anyways. Um, Take us through how, where the, say, like the pro stock division is looking at right now um, and where it may, could be, say, five, ten years down the road. Uh, well, to be honest with you, I can't see the pro stocks going much further than where they're at, to be honest with you. Um, God, they're crazy. Um, I mean, you go out and buy a new car now and if, if you know you don't have the knowledge of, of doing any of your own work you're going to spend over 40 grand um that's just insane to me <laughs> um, you know i mean the, the the biggest purse we can win around here with a pro stock is two thousand dollars at oswego for dirt week and you know i'm seeing guys out racing street stocks right now with half the money in the car for $10,000 to win. So um, the the cars have just progressed phenomenally. Um, Like I say, I I don't see them really changing a whole lot now. Um, There's really nowhere to go. I mean, you're on a full tube chassis now. 
quick change rear ends, burnt transmissions. You know, the the open motors spent themselves out of existence, and everybody's on the crate now. Um, and that's Yeah. Um, I just don't see them going any further. I don't know what they could be, you know, unless they just got rid of them and went to late models. Um, with the, change, you know, with the transition to the crate motor, Frank, do you think that we've lost a piece of racing because now the guys, they're not even allowed to go into their motors anymore? Wasn't the open motor more uh, for the your generation racer? These these guys coming up, they send their cars to the shop. They, they get fabricated in one place. They get somebody to set up their car. And basically, they just get in and drive. Is, is that where the sport you know, has gotten away from maybe your your style when you when you first come into racing. Yeah, um, I mean the only thing you know with the open motors that that did give the opportunity you know more money was going to make more power you know um, at least with the crates. I mean you know yeah some people play with them but whatever you know. Well, but for the most part. Uh, I mean, at least power-wise, everyone's pretty evened up, so so it puts a little bit more into the car and, and, you know, what your ability is as far as a driver, what your knowledge is as far as what you can do for setup and stuff. So at least even if you have a great car with a great setup, but you don't have the money to have the power that somebody else does, at least, just you know, you're not just stuck getting beat all the time because of just the power factor, you know. Right. But, but at the same time that we cut out $30,000 open motors, now we're spending $20,000 on shop packages in the spring. So tell me tell me how that, uh, you know, it seems like you, you take it away in one area and they're just going to spend it somewhere else. Well, that's the thing. You're right, and, that, and that's exactly what's happened. I mean, God, over the last five, six years, I, I think, I think all the rule changes that have taken place have probably been a good six thousand dollars in expense, you know. Um, right. But you know, I mean, it, 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 every class has to go I, somewhere, you know. And you're never going to see them go backwards. Being you know around the crate motors for I guess you know seeing it turn as they have for the last ten years. Um. I've heard some guys get as much as forty races out of their out of their out of their crate motors. It's are you able to run yours that long or is it just too much? Um, no, if you um, you keep maintaining them well, and, and the, the biggest thing with them is don't let them get hot. Um, right. And yeah, that forty fifty races that's that's pretty normal if you take care of them. Um, right. You know, and it's a good thing. You know. You, Valve springs you change once in a while, they're not much. Your oil and your your, your spark plugs you change once in a while. And um, so, I mean, motor-wise, yeah, they're, they're a lot less than uh, what people were spending on open motors before we, we went to all crates. Talk now, a little bit about the uh, slingshot class real quick, and, and I'll, I'll shoot it back over to Taz. Um, for, you know, there's, there's different styles. There's different types of... Uh, classes all around the United States and uh, in the southeastern region, um, we're not too familiar with the terminology slingshot. Uh, So tell us a little bit about what that car is and where it stands, like next to the street stock or modified. uh, Just kind of give us a description there of what that class is. 
Um, it's a, it has a, a swing arm in the back that has a, a, a pivot right like below the driver. So there's, you got the one link there and it's got a pan hard in the back with two shocks in the rear. Um, it's got a straight axle in the front. Um, only it has two radius rods instead of four. So it's not really, when you pick up one side in the front end, the axle will tip some, but not much. There's, there's not much room for it, for axle movement in the front. Um, but the, you know, they're on, they're on springs and shocks. Um, like I say, they have the pan hard bar and they, for the most part, are completely spec from from bumper to bumper. The bodies are spec. The the motors are spec. Everything spec on them. Um, the chassis have not changed very much. The swing arms have changed a little bit in the back, but for the most part, they've been pretty much spec right along the ways. Um, and which is good, you know. I mean, you know, you do see some people are fast sometimes, you know. You know, as a car, who knows? Everybody always has their <laughs> thoughts and theories, you know. Um, but it, it's it's good, especially you know, for anyone, any kid who's going to go from go karts, you know, and, and get into sportsmen's or something like that. It, it's a good stepping stone because they're on suspension, um, right. you know. So they do learn learn a little bit. At least they get headed in that direction, you know, without just diving right in. This kind of like a step above U-car or something to that? Um, boy, I don't really know what you would compare them to. I mean, they they look like a modified, you know, sports. Oh, okay, the modified. little modified. Okay, okay. So that's what I had in mind. Yeah, the, yeah. And it's from yep. the Speedway Illustrated, I believe. So they're the little with the with the high panels on the side, right, and possibly the wing. Yeah, yeah. The wing. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, no wing, but they do have the side, like the high sail panels. Some like the some of the southern tier modifieds run, like in the um, short okay. track super series and all that. Right, yep. right, right. Now this is a similar yeah. series that I believe the McGrew kid he races, right, Craig Moore? Yes, he, he yes he ran them. Yes. Okay, Derek McGrew. Yeah, he ran yep. them for a while. Yeah, McGrew yep. used to race in those. Okay. All right. So, guys, if you're listening in, you was wondering. There you go. Uh, let me kick it to Taz there. I think he's got a couple of questions for you. Okay. So, um, now with junior racing, um, what – last year he ran slingshots. It was his first year in the slingshot. Am I correct? Yes. All right. Now, how did – um, how did the season go in terms of where you guys started and how it finished? What things did you guys kind of learn in the process? Um, anything you kind of want to throw out there during the course of the 2020 season? Well, um, honestly, we had no idea what we were going to face. Um, you know, obviously it was a big change for him and us, um, but beginning of the season, we said, let's just hope to get a win. And by the end of the season, he had gotten seven. So, um, and along the way, he finished second in points at Glen Ridge, and he finished second in points on the series. Um, so he, he definitely uh, 
exceeded our expectations and, and hopes, you know. Um, and it really showed us a lot about him, too. Um, he, uh, I mean, i got to be honest, he amazes me. I, I, I've been as much of a fan as I've been a driver all my life. And, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm watching racing, I'm, I'm usually watching what people are doing more than just watching the race, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, even in the kart racing, you know, you, you're kart racing is, is funny. Everybody runs the bottom. Everybody waits for a mistake. If you want to pass somebody bad enough, you can bump them and move them out of the way. And, um, we taught him how to pass without doing that. And he learned some techniques and put them to work and, and he would know when to use them. He, he would have his distancing right and, and you would see it coming, you know, you, you would see, here he goes. And it's like, okay, here he goes. And, and there's where he makes his move and he makes the pass. And he's really, uh, he's, he's really got a lot of driver in him. Um, and he just has a serious determination. He's just a normal 10 year old kid. He's out running around playing with everybody else doing his thing. Um, he doesn't really talk much about racing. Um, it's not something that he brings up a lot to people. Um, he doesn't even really watch a whole lot of racing. He'll watch some late model stuff. He'll watch a little bit of NASCAR stuff. But when it comes time, he sits down in that car and he puts that helmet on and, and pulls them belts down. You can see everything change in him. You see his eyes change. You can see his expression change. And, it, and there's nothing on his mind other than to go out and win. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. felt that. I mean, I really did. Like, as a father, I mean, I I feel exactly because, like you said a minute ago, where you watch, besides the cars going around circles, you watch other things. And uh, being, you know, uh, in the dirt racing scene, um, I'm an announcer at a racetrack. I my kids are just now kind of getting involved. Like, uh, I know what you're talking about. The first time that I had one of my children working in the pits with a driver, I seen a side of them that I had never seen before. Like, uh, you know, the, who is this kid that just come up to the press box and was like with his hat sideways, sweat coming off of him and saying, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever it was, I was more, more interested in how the guy was standing there. This is my son, right? I mean, so I, I really feel the way that you said that. I mean, it, it, it put things, uh, I feel you. I really do. Right. It's actually funny no. because I had a memory pop up on Facebook today. Um, I took a picture of him sitting in his go-kart um, six years ago. He hadn't started racing yet, but um, my son had asked him what, you know, he wanted his number to be, and we were kind of assuming my son's number was 10, mine was 317, so we were kind of thinking he was going to say one or the other, and he's like, I'm going to be number one, and my son says, all right, well, why do you want number one? And he says, because that's where I'm going to be, and we had no (laughs) idea how serious he was. (laughs) That's the kind of of response you want. Exactly, exactly. It's like, that's the perfect attitude. You know, if you don't strive to be number one in everything you do, then why are you even doing it? Absolutely. Yeah, I I say that with everything. There's there's three hosts here, and I guarantee you all all three of us would say we're better. We're we're the best here, but, you know, that's besides the point. Uh, Craig, what were you going to ask there, sir? No, I wasn't. I just wanted to chime in. 
um, when I when I heard him say that about his grandson. But on the flip side, when you had said that he doesn't talk much racing, he doesn't he doesn't watch much, but when he gets in the car, he's laser focused. Um, why do you think that is? Um, you know, I've, I've tried figuring it out <laughs> and, um, I, I think he's just more, more of a driver. He seems to be, that seems to be where, you know, his attention is. Um, you know, he has his favorite drivers, you know, he's a, he's a Stuart Friesen fan and, and, you know, among a few others. And, um, but he'll pick and choose what he watches and, and, you know, you could take him to a track. He might sit there and watch every lap of a mod feature. And the next week he might not watch any of it. It's, it's all just in how he feels. Um, you know, he has ADHD. Um, and one thing that's good is he does really well in school. Um, it's, it's kind of one of the tools is, is you want to race, you got to do good in school. So, um, you know, he, he knows that that's there. And, um, I don't know. It's kind of funny, you know, because, you know, usually you get a kid that does good at something and they like to brag about it and maybe throw it in their friends' faces. And I I don't know. Thankfully, he doesn't do that. (laughs) No, wait a minute. But wait a minute. We can't cross that bridge without going there. Um, Do you think that in a way it's therapy for him? I mean, you you, you said it was ADHD. And then he gets right. into the car and he's completely different. Is that is this a form of therapy for him? Like that's the place that he can actually get away from all that other and and he knows what that's he's very possible. That's very possible. I mean, that's how I've always looked at racing. The, the thing I love most about being strapped in the car and on the track is the rest of the world is gone. There is nothing else to think about other than going forward. You know, Amen. and that's what I've always Amen. loved most about racing. Yeah, that that gives me goosebumps, man. <laughs> I actually had a guy tell me once that he didn't think he was going to race much one season because he just had so much on his mind. He found himself out on the track thinking about things, you know. And I'm like, how? <laughs> how can you possibly be on a racetrack and think about anything <laughs> other than where you're going? <laughs> I'm saying a lot, of right? <laughs> so what if twenty in the rearview mirror and you guys got your left or got what you needed out the window and obviously that can play an advantage for twenty twenty one. What is the ideal expectations for not only junior but for the team as a whole and um where where do you see the end outcome? being at the end of it all well the the plan is for him to um run the slingshot full-time again and you know it, it, we'd love to see a championship obviously um and then he's gonna go out in the sportsman car this year and and you know do some practice here we're gonna take him to pen can and um they have a three-day deal of practice going on down there so we're gonna try to get down there for that and get him some lap time and get him some other places and just see how it progresses. You know, there's really no expectation. Um, we know it's a learning curve, a big one. Um, so it's just a matter of letting him just do it and, and feel it out and let it come as it comes, you know. 
All right, can you give us uh, – go ahead, Dad. So the sportsman car, is that like – after you guys test it out this year, is that going to be like a limited sportsman type deal maybe in 2022, or are you just going to kind of see how this year plays out before you jump there? Um, Probably see how the year, pay, you know, plays out. Um, I would have to think. I mean, that's kind of more of my son's – you know, decision of what, how we, what direction he wants to take that, you know, but, um, I mean, obviously with anything you have to, you have to judge by what you see and how things go. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I mean, myself, you know, knowing junior and, and, you know, seeing what he's done, I kind of really don't have any doubts. I'm not, I'm not, thinking he's going to go out and set the world on fire, but I'm thinking he's going to pick up on it pretty quick and, and do okay. And some he'll progress at, um, you know, and, and like let... I say, no, no real um, expectations. You know, can't really have any yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we let you, uh, let you go and do any, uh, let you go. Uh, do you guys have any like, sp- or I have one question quick before you do sponsor plugins and, for social media stuff. Um, you guys are big on tail pro car. Is there any reason why you guys go are heavy on tail versus somebody like Thicknell or any other chassis type deal? Um, as far as myself, no, not really. Um, I don't know. My son jokes and says he's got T.O. because he already has a hat and a shirt. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I think it was just a, I think it was just more of the case of, you know, that's what was there. That's what was affordable and, and made sense. And, and the opportunity was there at the time, you know, uh, and that kind of a thing. Um, you know, if it was a matter of, you know, hey, here we have the money, let's go buy something, well, then it could have easily been a different brand, you know, who knows. Um, you know, but I, one thing I definitely got to say is, uh, God, one thing I, I've taught my son over the years is, to, you know, know what you're working with and, and um, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to know what you have and, and know what you're doing and Last year he was he was putting a slingshot together and he was doing a complete body on it and and I could see that it was not going to be all that easy and um, I just kind of I kind of stayed away and this year he took the sportsman and he tore it all completely down and went through everything and he's putting it together and he had some help and I just stayed away and um, it was because I just wanted to see him do what he needed to do. I wanted to see him accomplish, you know, on his own, like I've had to, because there's going to be times in racing where you, you know, you may be the lone soldier. And, and I know that very well. Um, you know, with, with my car, I, I've had help. I've had good help. Um, if I need it, it, it's there, but I, I'm the motor tuner. I'm the welder. I'm the fabricator. I'm the builder. I'm the suspension guy. I'm, I'm it, you know? Um, and I, I just wanted to see him do that same thing, and he succeeded extremely well. Um, the, the time and the effort and, you know, the um, the clarity that he puts into everything. He, everything has to be right, and it has to be right. And I like that. He, he amazes me. He, he 
the effort he puts in and everything he does for junior, not, not just for racing, but just as being his son in general is above and beyond most. Awesome. Awesome to hear that, man. So, uh, this is uh, the moment that we take to, uh, thank, uh, any sponsors that you have. And, uh, of course we'd like to welcome you back to the show. Anytime that you just want to call in or, uh, if we haven't heard from you by the end of the year, we'll reach out and try to set up another interview and find out where you guys are and, and how y'all are doing this year. Um, any, anybody to shout out there, maybe some sponsors and stuff. Um, you know, I, I would almost feel bad naming some because I definitely wouldn't be able to name them all. Um, you know, I know he does have some and, you know, maybe that's something I could call back in with or something like that, or even have my son call in with, um, because I, I know I'm not going to have them all and I probably wouldn't even have half of them. <laughs> I would hate to leave well, anyone now, out to be honest with you, because they're all but, just as important as each other. You yourself are in the racing industry, you build and stuff. So, uh, why don't you give out your advertisement and uh, tell us what you can do for uh, other racers? Well, I've gotten into, um, building body panels and, and mounting them for, you know, street stocks, pure stocks. Um, I, I just kind of went out on a whim and, and a guy, Don Kennedy asked me if I'd be interested in building a body for him. And I thought for about three seconds and said, sure. And, uh, so I've been doing that and now I've got my sixth car in the garage. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's something I'm doing, um, pretty much whatever, you know, I put some clips on, I've, and I'm doing all the interior tin, all the floor firewall, all the inner tin, and making the body panels and mounting them and doing the bumpers and pretty much whatever. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, anybody that's interested or needs anything like that, they can always get through to me, you know, messenger on Facebook or, you know, my number is 518-291-0317. Do you have any spe- uh social media plugins you want to do, not just for yourself, but maybe for your, your team and whatnot, uh, for anyone who wants to follow uh, the team and follow Junior? Um, he does have a racing page. Um, and I'm not sure if it's by his name. I can't remember now. Um, hmm. See, some of these questions are tough. I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think I've overfilled my brain and has pushed other things out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he does have a racing page. But usually anything, um, I mean, all his results are always posted on Facebook anyways, either by his son or me or my son's girlfriend, Haley. Um, so it, it, it's usually always out there what's going on. Well, well, we'll share the we'll share your racing page, um, and then they can follow it that way for you. Right. Okay. All right, Frank Tweeden, good to have you on. And like I said, we'll be reaching out to you later on in the season, sir. Okay, it sounds good. Thank you very much for having me on. Right. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. Okay, mm-hmm. take care. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. That was, uh, did I say that right? 
FTR Motorsports? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. Great interview there. Good job, Taz. We left you. Uh, we left you out there to. We put you out as super monks to wolf, and you did quite well, my friend. Those uh, burritos were really good. So. Uh... <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I don't know if Miss Lee was eating popcorn or not. <laughs> Greg, all right, Greg, why are you being so quiet? Well, I was letting you guys talk. You want to do a commercial? We'll we'll do. We want to do a commercial plug-in and give ourselves a quick break, and then uh, a sponsor plug-in, and uh, we'll get right back to the second hour. Absolutely, let's do it. You're listening to Race Chat Live on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back. Are you ready? A day that you've envisioned in your mind since you were a child. And now that it's becoming a reality, don't risk your once-in-a-lifetime event to a once-in-a-while amateur you found on Craigslist. The entertainment you choose for your special day can either make or break your celebration. You can never redo your wedding. But you can avoid a costly mistake by hiring a true professional. We make every wedding unforgettable. When what you need is more than music, what you want is more to music. That's M-O-O-R-E to M-U-S-I-C. More to music. Find more to music on Facebook. M-O-O-R-E to M-U-S-I-C. Also, moretomusic.com. More to music. More to music specializes in weddings, anniversaries, parties of all kinds including the one in your backyard where you want some karaoke for all your friends? More to Music. Owner-operator Craig Moore can be found on Facebook right now. More to Music. M-O-O-R-E, the number two, M-U-S-I-C. More to Music. More to Music. By the way, it's never too early to plan your event. Plus, check out moretomusic.com. Find out how you could win $500 in Karaoke Idol. moretomusic.com. More to Music. All of Craig Moore's services offered are available on his webpage, moretomusic.com. M-O-O-R-E, the number two, M-U-S-I-C.com. Moretomusic.com. When what you want is more than music, what you need is more to music. Moretomusic.com. And uh, Taz, while you're right there, why don't you tell us a little bit, bit about TNT Design and how folks can go about getting a Race Chat Live sticker or anything they may need for their race team. Uh, yes, if you uh, need T-shirt designs, hero cards, um, or pictures, whatever you want to call them, uh, stickers. Um, if you're more on the virtual side of things, need iRacing wraps. Um, don't be afraid to hit me up um, on Facebook. Um, you can find me at uh, facebook.com slash TNT designs. Uh, 
slash TNT Designs M N and uh, talk pricing from there. Um, depending on what you want for project wise, will depend on your prices. Start anywhere from um, design wise could be if it takes me about an hour uh, for a small project, I'll probably do something relatively cheap price. If you're asking for a more complicated, obviously we talk about pricing. But again, stickers, um, stickers, t-shirt designs, anything you can probably think of, I can probably handle. Um, more than likely handle in terms of, like I said, t-shirt design, stickers, iRacing wraps, um, hero cards, and I'll do my best to get it done for you. And of course... Um, if you want a TNT Designs um, sticker, uh, Race Chat Live stickers are in the works. Um, $5 a sticker. Um, if you want a good, if you want a special deal, well, how about $20 for five stickers? Again, you, um, you can either do Race Chat Live or TNT Design stickers. Right now, I currently do have some TNT Design stickers on hand. If anyone wants to get out for there. Race Chat Live stickers are in the works, but if anyone wants one, make sure you keep in contact, and I'll put you on the list of getting one once they come in. All right, that sounds that sounds awesome. So, Chris, you you said you wanted to touch base on a few things in this in this next hour. Let's uh, let's touch on some of the things you wanted to touch on. Oh, Chris? Yeah, I think we covered it. I thought we were uh I thought we were I thought we were going into uh local. Yeah, let's talk. Taz, we've got a couple of things happening at the end of the month. I know Fonda Speedway is having their uh car show at the Rotterdam Mall or what's it called now? Viaport Rotterdam. Yeah, so uh, Fonda Speed, so Fonda Speedway has their uh, car show. Um, due to COVID regulations, they can't go full capacity like they normally do. So right now, they are limited to a certain amount of cars. Um, of course, they have to reach out to um, the Fonda Speedway promote, promotional staff. They have to um, how they're going to determine it for Fonda that they have a limit of how many cars they can put in. Um, of course, they're they're going to want at least one of each class. Um, they're going to ter- determine it based on the 2020 point season. So if you're higher up in the points and are interested, your chances of getting into that car show are more than likely. Um, they will include the uh, Mohawk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Series, which we have a guest later this year of uh, the promoter for that series. Um, they will be joining them. Um, I know the Vintage Series will have three cars. Um, how they did it was they took their five champions. One of them opted out of this, so the other four um, got to go into a bag drawing, and three of them were selected. And that's, so we know three Vintage cars will be there, guaranteed. Those three are the 2020 champions. And, of course, Fonda Speedway will be there as well. Um, like I said, with COVID restrictions still, um, that is just how they are doing it. 
and I believe that's the most fair way they can possibly do it um, right now as well. Um, another thing in terms of Fonda, uh, Short Track Super Series and Georgetown, they have now entered a pay-per-view partnership with Flow Racing. Uh, I'm not sure what the uh, subscription fees are, but I do believe the only one I do remember is I believe it's a $150 yearly subscription and you have access to Georgetown, Fonda, um, and Short Track Super Series races. And I know Short Track Super Series is going to be launching here very shortly with the start of the 2021 South Region Points Championship for the Modifieds and Sportsmen over at Georgetown for the Melvin, Melvin L. Joseph Memorial uh, two-day race weekend. All right, so what about um, – yes, Lee, we'll talk about SRS testing here in a couple of minutes. What about Dodge City and Kuroga? I did reach out to Tom Varon, and he's going to be joining us in May, um, closer to the start of their season. But what is uh, what's going on with Kuroga or um, Dodge City? Do we know a start date for them? I'm just looking up Dodge City right now. I know um... – all right here. Dodge City will start on May 7th. Um, they are looking at Friday night um, back to their normal schedule. They they do have some Sundays, but that will be more towards September. Um, Fridays, they will be running weekly. Um, they do have um, the Friday, uh, 4th of July. They're not racing at all during that time. Um they do have some sponsors um, for some of the nights, uh, such as Chavis Motorsports, Advanced Auto Parts in Amsterdam, Valley Beverage, 97.7 uh, WEXT, uh, DCAM Frames. Um, they do switch over from Friday Fridays to Sundays in the middle of September um, for, uh, for their end-of-the-year season specials. And then... Um, I for Kuroga, I have not heard much of anything in terms of schedule. I do not know when anything will come out. I I literally have no clue. Um, I guess we'll find out when we find out. All right. So tell us about the series you're involved with. Series I'm involved the, uh, with. What series? My oh oh Nepro no. Nepro, I have no idea either. There's been little to no communication about anything else. Kuroga okay. and all that. All right. Now, what's going on with uh, Luke? Have you? I've got to reach out to him. I want to get him on this year too. Um, he's always a fun interview and good interview and very, uh, very informative. The kids are doing a lot um, of eye racing. I see. Yeah, they. They've been doing some eye racing, but in terms of the class that they're in, uh, the heavy tire predator class, um, right now it's looking like Kuroga could be the home track for them, but they might, they may or may not. Um, of course, some discussions need to be had. I don't want to go too much full in detail because it's not my full place to say. Um, they may be looking into maybe running. Um, at a couple, one or two different places. Um, I know um, 
they're looking at probably 10 at least to start for this year in terms of counts. They're looking to take the numbers from last year and expand, expand upon it, which is great. Um, like I said, I don't want to go too much further into detail because I feel like Luke, there's some discussions to be had and Luke has, knows more information and more scoops than I probably do. Fair enough. Believe it or not. Fair enough. Fair enough. I have not talked to Luke in a while, so that's why uh, that's why I asked that. What else do we have? And Chris, what do you got going on down there? Why not? Well, we uh, we kicked the season off this past weekend with the Battle of the States. Had about 100 cars, six classes. Uh, Brett White come out and put a country ass whooping on the sports, sportsman, model, uh, sportsman late model race. Uh, had a secure victory there. Uh, Brett White, uh, rising star in the sportsman class. Um and he was kind of the, the uh, I guess, the, the class of the field all night long. Spencer Hughes, he showed up and showed out. There's a reason why they said, who's your daddy, Spencer Hughes. Uh, he won the Mississippi Street Stock Series uh, race. Uh, that, for, that was for, uh, I think, $1,500 to win. I believe it was the final payout. Uh, and he turned around and won the modified race too. I think won thirteen hundred dollars uh, in the modified race, so that was a total of twenty eight hundred dollars that Spencer Hughes racked up this weekend. Hometown hero, just uh, twenty years old, and seems like he's been around for a long time already. Uh, if the name sounds familiar, he's raced a couple of uh, big modified races down during Speed Weeks uh, the last couple of years, and has had some uh, super late model experience as well. So. Uh, He's our hometown kid, Spencer Hughes, and he's definitely lit a fire up underneath uh, um, the race fans here uh, at Wanda Motorsports Park. Also, Monty Skinner, he won the $1,500 to win uh, Crate Racing USA uh, late model race. Of course, that's the 604 aluminum head motors, 350 horsepower. Um uh, he won it in dominant fashion, sat on the pole, won a seat race, uh, and uh, wound up the victor um, in Saturday night's race. Also, on the factory stock side, we had uh, Scooter Ware, who made a late last lap pass, uh, had not had the lead, maybe, maybe led a lap in a 20-lap feature, 15-lap feature. Uh, and it was the most important one. It was the last lap. Blake McNeil, disappointing second-place finish. Uh, he led most of the race um, and uh, just uh, messed up there at the end, uh, playing of high side and low sides. Uh, Scooter uh, took the high lane and gained the momentum up on the top side and was able to get around Blake McNeil. Uh, it was kind of a defensive move if uh, if McNeil had to do it over again. I'm sure he would have threw a block or something to try to keep Ware from uh, getting in victory lane. But Scooter Ware, uh, as most people know, straight out of West Point, Mississippi. Uh, no stranger to the factory stock victory lane. Congratulations to those winners. Also, John the Chuck Norris uh, won in the Hot Shot division, which is the Stinger 
class or uh, the U-car class for those uh, who are unfamiliar with the hot shot or confused with maybe another type of car. They're the four-cylinder. We allow six-cylinders as well. John Norris was able to outduel Dale, the notorious D-A-L-E Johnson, and the General Stinger. Unfortunately, early an early break put uh, the General Stinger into the infield. I talked to Dale Johnson, the notorious D-A-L-E Johnson, uh, on his way home Saturday night, and he said that he had something in the steering that went awry. So uh, Dale Johnson had to pull into the pits with about four laps to go. It was no contest. John the Chucky Norris uh, sailed to victory lane and become uh, his very for the very first time a, a battle of the states champion. So he'll have that uh, to brag about for the rest of the year. Also at Hattiesburg Speedway, they had a good, uh, decent car count down there. Um, I don't have very many results. I can pull them up here. I have an announcement about Hattiesburg Speedway. Uh, they are closed this weekend for the Outlaw Speedway race down in Perkinson's, Mississippi, uh, which is on the coast. Outlaw Speedway is paying $5,000 to the Great Racing USA late model class of 604 aluminum head 350 horsepower class. Uh, so, uh, if you think that they're pushing 350 horsepower, well, I got some oceanfront property in Arizona, but that is besides the point. Um, so if, uh, you were planning to go to Hattiesburg Speedway this Friday night, just go on down to Outlaw Speedway, enjoy their two night show as they throw $5,000 to the crate guys. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who becomes the winner. There are a lot of big money being put out in some of these classes. It's really, uh, um, it's, it's, you know, I understand it's the beginning of the year and you want to get your racers, uh, you know, those big purses so you can get big car counts. Uh, but, um, you know, the, it always seems to backfire come mid season, uh, when the racetrack's already starting to lose money because they've thrown on too much money down and not enough racers out there, uh, it, you know, it's, uh, several racetracks are paying more than what uh, I believe they should pay, but that's my opinion. And uh, if they want to face me here on the show and talk about it, they're more than welcome to. Um, but uh, so as I try to get over here to Hattiesburg Speedway Racing real quick on Facebook, I'll give you the rundowns. I was not uh, present for the race this weekend at Hattiesburg Speedway, but I do have in front of me now uh, the results. Jeremy Eaton takes the win in the Pure Factory Stock feature finish. Uh, Jeremy Eaton had stepped out of the Pure Street Factory Stock class for several years. Of course, Hattiesburg Speedway has a very unique rule. Uh, They do not uh, allow uh, drivers who drop back down to the Pure Street class once they've stepped out of that class and raced three or more races in another class. Well, Mr. Donald Parker changed up the rules this year and allowed an open uh, enrollment uh, to, for uh, some of these guys to come back into the uh, Pure Street class, and Jeremy Eden uh, was one of those drivers who dropped back down, and he is back to his winning ways there in the Pure Street uh, uh, race. Uh, so the street stock feature finished, which uh, only had five 
stars there. Meatball Caden Jackson uh, was the winner in the 05. The modified feature finish uh, listed Tommy Beasley uh, in the 143. As the winner, Brian Powell, uh, close second out of Petal, Mississippi. Robert Cassida in the K9 finished third. Uh, in the Crate Lake model finish, which is not a points-paying race as of yet, the point season has not started. We'll let you guys know. I think it's in a couple of weeks here uh, when the Crate Racing USA points national points uh, start. Jeremy Item was the winner in the Crate Lake model uh, feature. Jason Gerald, a second-place finish, is the 604, 350-horsepower division. Michael Arnold, out of retirement, uh, come home in a uh, um, a Shannon Lee backup car. Uh, Billy Riles special. Uh, he finishes third, and Shannon Lee, his teammate, finished fourth. Uh, Robbie Starnes out of uh, Bay City, Baytown, Texas, finished fifth. Got to round out your top five, and his boy Rhett. Uh, Stars, who I believe is going to be racing for the Neesmith, uh, or did great race in USA uh, Championship this year, uh, finished right behind his papa in the seventh spot. So, uh, I mean, in the sixth spot. So that's the news out of Hattiesburg Speedway Racing. Of course, the news out of uh, Wanda Motorsports Park. We have crowned uh, the champions for the Battle of the States. Our next race will be March 20th as we uh, get ready to uh, have the Mississippi State Championship Challenge Series Super Late Models invade the house of Hook. We're going to have a big-ass party for them. And as we welcome back the 800 ground-pounding horsepower stars of the cars. That's right. All right, back to you, Bob. All right. Well, um, that was interesting. Hey, let's talk about Taz. Can you pull up Andy's face? <laughs> Am I pulling up? Oh, the my God. That was interesting. I mean, was it not entertaining? No, uh, that was very interesting, very entertaining, very informative. You didn't know I could be a journalist? No. I'd be damned. You know, listen, some things never cease to amaze me. I've told you many you know, times, get out the get out the piece of paper, sharpen your pencil, because you're about to get some homework here. Uh, we're about to get schooled some nights on Race Chat Live, but uh, we have not used that term in a while. Taz, uh, Andy Crane made an announcement. I believe it was, was it Friday, about a, another uh, indoor karting competition, March 28th, I believe it is. It's been 20 days. Uh, yeah, I'm looking this up now. So, apparently they had a winter bash type deal at a kart place known as SNS Speedway's Indoor Go-Karts. Um, they had a whole bunch of people... Um, racers and non-racers come down um and race down there i think they had like somewhere around like 10 or 12 different carts they had and of course of course with like more than that number they kind of went well you draw two numbers 
you drew two numbers. It was for two sets of heats. Um, winner of each heat got to go into like the main race and whatnot. But um, I know or for another guest we had, Mr. Nate Hill of Ziggy Racing was in that uh, race. He won his heat race, got into the feature. He led early on and then kind of lost it after that. Um, not because he it was driver error or nothing he got into. It was just other guys outran him, so nothing you can nothing you can really do. But um, they do have a new. Um, they have one more uh, race in the same spot. It is called the ABC Design Spring Shootout. Um, it's a five hundred dollars sponsorship giveaway happening on March twenty eighth. Hot laps at six o'clock. I'm assuming racing starts an hour later. Um, they're only taking 40 entries, and they have a new and improved race format, which I don't know what that's like, but it'll be interesting to see. And these carts they have um, kind of resemble a lot like a dirt modified, and kind of like um, let's say let's kind of say uh, we were on the topic earlier, slingshot, but without the little side panel and such. Kind of like like look like an actual real more dirt modified type deal, but uh, that's any Crane's ordeal. <laughs> but It'd be definitely we started testing. <laughs> yeah, let's hear about this SRX. They finally released what the actual car is going to look like, too, and I believe you can see that on the Race Chat Live page if you go over to it. It looks like a... Yeah, what... Uh, Chris shared in our group. It looks like a lot like a Ferrari F40. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw the resemblance until you sent that picture. I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ray Abraham got caught cheating again. Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking at it. I'm pointed in a way though. I'm a little disappointed in a way because, I mean, when I saw the car, I was just like, okay, that's not bad, I guess, but uh, that's not what I was expecting. Like, when I heard a Daytona wing, like, I'm thinking the actual Daytona wing, like that big old freaking wing sticking out of the rear of the car, it's not really there. You Like, you disappointed me there. I feel a little disappointed from how the – the end product was on the X grill. I don't know if they had some kind of uh, issues trying to get the shape that was originally wanted, and that was the best they could come up with. I don't know. And, of course, on the actual designs we see, it was supposed to be light gray in the front with that orange squiggle in the middle and orange roof, which the orange roof is there. The orange wing is there. Um, the light gray in the front is there. The orange squiggle in the middle is there. But the dark gray in the back, where are you missing this, guys? Come on. <laughs> I'm going nuts You know, this, this kind of sounds like an Is Taz okay? Wow. I don't know. Taz, Taz <laughs> out there. Now, he I'm going to go. For a minute. Yeah, he's Tazzed out there for a second. You know what it is? He shaved his beard off recently. And, uh,. He got a haircut. I, I, I did not realize that until I seen the picture of him just a minute ago. He cut his hair and shaved his beard. 
I don't I even think, know who this I guy is. I think his girlfriend had a lot to do with that. Really? I think she got tired of him <laughs> saving a whole bunch of food in his hair. So, uh, yeah. in his beard, so she made him shave it. Shave it. She she had heavy influence on the hair, so the hair was kind of needing to go. In terms of the beard, she likes the beard, but she doesn't like it too long. Yeah, but you went from somebody that I would invite to a rock and roll concert to the, the, to the I guy that works in the off party. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Chaz, I know we got a heavy I'll ask you for a, I'll ask you if you want to step around to the Starbucks and maybe go golf this weekend. <laughs> you know, this is, you brought up the SRX thing, Chaz, and how disappointed you were, and it kind of. I was listening to Busted Open this morning on Sirius, and the uh, surprise that A&E had for their fans last night, they had said last Wednesday that they were bringing in a W or a Hall of Fame-worthy competitor. Oh, Craig, so don't get started. Of, Come on. There a, hold on. You'll see where I'm going with this in a second. And Miss Lee is giving her picks, and we're going to get to them in a while because they seem to take us all of about 35 minutes. But they were talking, so there was speculation. Is it Brock Lesnar? Is it Kurt Angle? Is it CM Punk? You know, and it turned out to be Jay Riso, who is otherwise known as his in-ring competitor named Christian Cage. So Christian to WWE fans. And I will say that I, too, was a bunch disappointed about it. I I didn't figure it would be Brock Lesnar. Uh, you got to get him off of his farm in Saskatchewan, uh, Canada. But, and he'd probably have to shave. But it brought up an interesting point with your, with your disappointment of the SRX car. And, and I kind of felt bad for you. And I thought, well, now you know how the rest of those people felt. But we won't we won't get uh, we won't uh, get into that because that's just too much. No, I mean I'm with him. I've never I I was not. I knew from the get go that this was going to be some. Yeah, you know, I mean you're looking at the car. You're like, okay, so this is what we're going to race. We, it's too early to judge, but I, it was a gimmick to begin with, right? I mean, this is that's exactly what this is. NASCAR but, spent all this money on building a race car, the 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 Gen Eight, and here Tony Stewart and Ray Everham in six months put together a race car that's probably uh, just as efficient as the one. I, it, maybe it's not. What if we get into mechanics? You know, I mean, it, it could be this, this could be the XFL of NASCAR guys. They really could be. <laughs> but, here, but here's my thing, and I don't see it as the XFL NASCAR where I'm not going down that road. But my thing is, like, you have all these designs and concepts come out, and you say, okay, here's our final concept. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I kind of like this because why? It looks like a, it got that late model look. No matter if it's a dirt or asphalt late model, you can still relate to that car as a late model. The did, only did thing he you're just say, taking did, is removing did, is removing the spoiler and putting a Daytona wing on there. And then, so I'm like, okay, this giant Daytona, the old Daytona wing that we used to have back then, 
And I'm like, okay, so you're keeping with the current, but you're still adding a little bit of a throwback. I'm fine with this. This is okay. I can't wait to see the final end product. And then to see that, the X grill looks very freaking horrible. The wing is not the Daytona wing. That's the, I don't know what that junk is. And you have a, you, you have a gray, you have a dark gray door that sticks out like a sore thumb on light gray car. That where originally it was light gray, orange squig, and then you have the dark gray in the back. Where did everything go wrong? Well, here's what I think you should do, Taz. Here's what I think you should do. Since you're so adamant about this, since you're so pissed off, we already know what grinds <laughs> your gears. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should send out a tweet on the Race Chat Live page to Ray Evernham and the rest of the Goonies at uh, SRX and say, you really disappointed me. I was really looking forward to this. You just ruined the entire season for me. And let's see if you paint get any it response. Paint. paint it pink. Paint it pink. Paint it pink. No. No, 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 I'm sure you'll like my freaking thing a lot better than whatever that mess is over there. That's, right. that's, that's a mess. So here's what you do, Taz. Here's what you do. Take your concept that you designed, put it next to their design on the Race Chat Live page, and let people vote on it. And who, whoever I like this. Picks, whoever picks your design over them, they get a race check live sticker for two dollars. I'm doing for free. You, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like of going and seeing the second like Dumb and Dumber two, Dumb and Dumbest or whatever it was. It was you know it was it was just we've seen this before. And I think our expectations were higher than what they should have been. And this is a six-race night series with short track racing. The car looks like a Lamborghini. <laughs> um, we're going to see some old guys, some retired guys, like, probably. Like, I'm glad Ken Trader tested because it makes me think, okay, maybe Ken Trader will do a one-race deal. And I think we've had this. But come on, you had you hyped this big old thing up, and I'm like, you know, at first when they did the very first car reveal back in way back when when they announced the series, I was just kind of like, okay, we'll go for the ride, see how this looks. And then when they say final design, it looks gonna look like this, and I'm like, you know what? I'm excited to go see this because I have I'm going to see this inaugural race, and then they come up with that, and I'm like, oh no, why? Just you just no. What did you do? So we don't know how it sounds yet either. Why don't we have audio of it? I you know, know I'm going to tell you what it sounds like. Are you ready? What if it sounds like... Or what if it sounds like... Oh, it, it, it sounds like, like an actual race car. It did, I think we no, should it sounds, it sounds like an actual stock car. 
It did sound like it a stock car, so it's got a crate like motor in it. <laughs> all right, we're cool. all right, all right, hold on. I'm going to put this picture right in the group before I put it on Race Chat Live. And you're going to – there's my concept of the darn thing. Right there. That's a freaking car, folks. That's it. Whatever that That's is. What no, you got. I don't care if you're doing sports car racing related type thing. Or, no, no. If you're going to do short track racing, do it freaking right. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to let's get back to our picks. We got about sixteen minutes left, and then it's going to cut us off. Um, I would have liked to have seen them all. Can I can I say something to finish this? I wish that yeah. they would have just went with a nineteen eighty five Buick Grand National. Yeah, buddy. And even if they had to recreate it, even if they had to build it from scratch, I would have rather seen that than than this. Super Tech Back to the Future three times, four times over uh, silver wrecking machine Super Bowl kind of car. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't. But I'm still going to watch it because I love racing. But, okay, talk about it real quick. Let's talk about Phoenix. This is an important place, guys. This is a very important place. The next time these drivers come back to Phoenix, there's going to be four of these drivers that are running for a championship. It, if you're not coming to this track this weekend with your game, this is not the weekend to be testing something. Your typical heroes, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, um, give me another one. You know, these guys have got to be on their game. It's no testing this weekend. If you see one of these guys not uh, run, running with her, Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin, there you go. Um, do you think uh, do you think you pretty much count him out for the chance of the championship? I think if right you now, don't start I, right now, him, I can't count anyone out of a championship. It's too early. Yeah, oh, organization. Yeah. I think I think that. Uh, the only one that can do a little bit of R and D are um, who won last week? Tyler. Uh, last... <laughs> no, William Byron. I'm sorry. William uh, Byron. I think William Byron can do a little R and D, and I think Kyle Larson can do. Kyle Larson's team can do a little R and D. The ones I don't think can do a little R and D are the first two winners of the season. I think that uh, I think that Christopher Bell and and uh, the Love Truck Stop driver there, what the hell's his name, Michael Martin Murphy, Mike McDowell. Yeah. Those those yeah. guys are going to have to, you know, they're going to have to consistently finish in the top ten, top fifteen, definitely top twenty in points each and every week. I mean, and, and McDowell's yeah. uh, on right. a good pace to do that. But they really got. They can't rest on their laurels because if they do, their first round is going to be their last round. Yeah. You know, they're going to Kevin Harvick. Go ahead. Their last rounds are going to be their first rounds, and they're going to finish fifteenth and sixteenth. So they really, those two teams have got to have got to do a hope they've got to come out swinging for the fences each and every week 
Um, but as far as as far as my picks, and then I'll let you guys go. Uh, I guess the Arkham Menard series running out there this weekend too. Uh, Taz said or Miss Lee said. So yeah, maybe Arca, we Arca runs Arca runs Friday, Xfinity Saturday, Cup Sunday. All right. So for my Xfinity pick, you know, I gotta say this: I didn't pick Algier. And he was running pretty good. And then I picked some, and then who I picked didn't run great at all. You so picked Cindric. I actually gonna, did well. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna go with Cindric again, just because I went with Algier a few weeks in a row too. I want to, I want to be consistent. Um, and then I will, uh, I'm gonna take Bush. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna take the Nope Bush. Um, I, I can't Kyle believe he. I'm gonna take Kyle Bush, and I firmly believe he looped that truck around on purpose to get a caution. Uh, 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 and he can sit there and say nope, nope, nope all he wants, but you know damn right, right well he did. I want to know who invited? Just by using wow, the answer here with that laugh. Uh, yeah, uh, we definitely know that he looped it around, and Bob Pockris was uh, trying to get him to admit to it. Uh, I think uh, not admitting it to it was uh, the admission of guilt. If I was NASCAR, I'd have slapped the fucking sign on him. I'd have bam, uh, here you go. But, of course, uh, he got away with it. And I think that he actually gave up the win to uh, John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, he's been here before where his trucks did not make the playoffs because they didn't have wins. It was very important as an owner, I think, to make sure that those trucks get into the playoffs. And uh, so he was by no means going to mess that up. Uh, I've seen a car owner out of Kyle Busch. I've seen a smart racer out of Kyle Busch and a smart interviewer, too. Uh, to be honest with you, sure he admitted to it by by not admitting to it, um, but uh, he could have clearly said, "No, I, I lost control of the truck." So uh, he wasn't going to lie to us. That's what I like about Kyle Busch. Probably why NASCAR didn't find him. Miss Lee, real quick before before you jump in there, Miss Lee said, "Oh, I disagree, Craig. Craig Bell and McDowell can play around the rest of the season." There. To up their yeah. game since they're locked in. Yes, they have to up their game. They can't play around too much, but they can they can do a little bit of R and D. But they're going to have to really clamp down. Those teams are going to have to clamp down. And uh, I usually don't if argue I'll, with them, but if I were McDowell. It's interesting that she brought that up because if I were McDowell's team, if I was front row motorsports, and I knew that I, my car is locked into the playoffs, I'll be real honest with you guys. I wouldn't be worried too much about performance. I wouldn't be spending so much money right now. I would be saving it, stacking it, making sure I got the best car for the chase. And, uh, you know, um, instead of going out and doing certain things, you know, you kind of make cutbacks on the team. You, uh, Stack it all up for the first four weeks of the chase, and you uh, hope for your best. And you, you know that there's nothing better than a brand new motor and a brand new car to start out the chase with, man. So, um, if uh, if you see uh, a little fallback by Michael McDowell, I'm not saying you will, but if you do, uh, it could be a, a low budget team uh, thinking smart and saving uh, their best 
uh, for the taste because, look, the type of money that he's going to bring in, if he could at least improve himself by four positions from 16th to 12th, man, that's a whole lot of extra money there. Uh, this has happened before with Front Row Motorsports. They've been to the chase uh, with Chris Busher won at Pocono just a few years ago. So, uh, you know, they, uh, they've they been here before. they got a lot of time to figure out what they need to do to make their car chase ready and do something there. Uh, it would be cool to see. But uh, I think in more, more or less what I was getting to earlier in my uh, question was, can Kevin Harvick rebound? Because we've seen him fall flat on his face, that team fall flat on their face at Phoenix last year. Um, he's my pick this weekend. A redemption seems to be the word uh, that, that's been stuck in my head a lot tonight. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll see if they can rebound and uh, have a lot better finish because, as he said last year, at the end of the year, it didn't matter. My car stunk anyway, you know. He had no chance of winning the championship because he didn't even run good at Phoenix. So um, it is concerning. Um, <clears throat> not time to panic. But it is concerning um, if Kevin Harvick doesn't come out and uh, have a good uh, yeah back to us back to us uh, Harvick ways being happy Harvick there at Phoenix won a lot of races there um, but uh, yeah I've got Daniel Hemrick I think he's knocking on the door I picked him I was the first guy this year to pick him for a win and I already see the train moving people are excited about Hemrick I, I I'll be honest with you Almondinger caught me off guard. I don't know who I really expected to be the dominant factor this year. Uh, more, m- much less the uh, the guy who uh, who surprises everybody. Uh, Brandon Brown's one to watch. I've been excited to see him uh, race, but uh, you know it's definitely seeing AJ Allmendinger and uh, some of these other guys. They're putting on a great show for the Xfinity Series. Even Austin Cindric too. You know, uh, with such a large amount of these guys up to the cup level already. We wondered if it would just continue to replenish itself in the lower leagues and it definitely has. Uh John Hunter Nemechek took a he took uh, uh a chance on himself. He got it some damn good equipment over in the truck series and it paid off for him Friday night. Congratulations to John Hunter Nemechek. Any thoughts on that guys real quick? No um, that was for them. He, that's that's fitting. Um, he he earned that, quite honestly. I mean, people can argue that Kyle Busch let him, but I honestly think um, one way or another, if if Kyle Busch wasn't winning that, it was John Hunter. I mean, w- with your cup experience he had last year and in halfway decent equipment, um, and then coming down to the truck level to kind of, you know, put his name back on the board and do it the right way. I think winning that race was definitely needed. And he's been a threat in the first two races for the trucks. And I feel like this past weekend was the make or break it. And he certainly made the best of it. Um, And now it's just a matter of, can he run with it and be a champion and be a championship driver at the end of it all? Mm-hmm. All I want to do is win. All I want to do is win. I'll tell you what, that's it. Um, so, Taz, have you, you made your picks. Craig, you made yours. Mm-hmm. We said in the sweet pick. Yep. So, Taz, have you made yours? No, I have not. So, um, 
not going to brag or anything. We did mention this early on to open the show, but uh, I do have two out of the three picks this past weekend. So I'm kind of feeling hot, but I'm kind of feeling optimistic of Phoenix, to be quite honest with you. Um, I see a lot of good names. Um, Sindrick was my original pick. Um, not going with him this time around. Um, yeah, we could. I could go with him easily, but nah, not really going down that route. I could go with a JGR statement of either. I mean, Hemrick was already thrown around pretty well. Um, was thinking Harrison Burton, but um, then I got thinking, well, what, what about Chevy? And I'm like, okay, we got we got Gregson who's, you know, unfortunately did hasn't had the finishes he's really needed to. Um, I feel like Brandon Jones could be another bad one, or one out of the Toyota camp. Um, another Chevy one would be Justin Haley. But I'm going with, and I mentioned Justin Haley for good reasoning because my pick this week is his teammate out of college racing. I'm going with A.J. Allmendinger going two in a row. I know this is what? hard to do. I know this is hard to do, but I feel like Almondinger can do it. Almondinger probably can do it. Um, or at least he'll be running up front. Um, let's see what how that goes. And for Cub, oh boy, there's so many options, but I have to go with the JGR out of the JGR stable. Um, Craig said Kyle Bush. He's not who I'm going with. Um, I've thought about Chase Elliott. I've thought about Brad Keselowski. Um, I've certainly thought about. Um, I've certainly thought about going Kyle Larson again, or William Byron. But I have to go with Toyota and can probably get the job done this time. Um, I'm going with Denny Hamlin. Wow. All right, well, all right, well, you heard all of our picks. Taz will put them up on race days, uh, which will be Sunday and Monday this week. So, or Saturday, Sunday, I apologize. And we'll see if Taz, and we'll also post our points for the season. So that way you can follow along. And CJ Sports, we will need your picks as well, so get them to us. And uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in next week. Kathy Bellin is going to be joining us at 8.30. And uh, we will be back with results from Phoenix and all that there is in local and national racing. I want to thank you guys for listening to Race Chat Live tonight. My name is Craig Moore. Chris Creighton is down south keeping warm, and Taz is about three miles from me trying to figure out how he can convince his girlfriend to let him grow his beard back. I want to thank you guys again. We'll talk to you next week. Be good to everybody. Good night.